0: Good morning listeners and welcome to day 1074 of Mercury the broadcast of hope. I'm Dr. Rosalind Clark here today with Agnes Drew. Today we have a stories for stories in the form of a letter, almost an essay actually, on a medical condition. A young woman named Heather stopped by and dropped off this story asking that we please read it on the air. She said that more people should know about this condition as it's one she suffered from for most of her adult life. We offered her a book in exchange, and she perused the selection, choosing The Mysterious Affair at Styles* by Agatha Christie.
1: She has good taste. It's a great book, and the ending is such a surprise. Oh, Agatha Christie, you legend of the
0: written word. I agree. I will give a content warning for younger listeners. This broadcast does reference intimate anatomy and intercourse. It's nothing overt, and I think the children, especially young girls, should be aware of this. But parents, please make whatever decision feels right for you. Now, back to the letter. Uh, while this condition affects only women, Heather asks us to specifically ask men, well, all gender identifications, to listen to, because this is something that partners should know about and support. In that line
1: of thinking, we should probably have Max on the air with us today. You're absolutely right. I'll go grab him. While you're gone, I can entertain our listeners about the wonders of Agatha Christie. Sure, Agnes, knock yourself out. Listeners, I hope most of you have experienced the brilliance of Agatha Christie, the queen of mystery and the world's best-selling author of all time. Seriously, she's the best. I know some of our younger listeners might not have read her books or maybe even heard of her, but let me just tell you this. As a young person myself, I have only once in the dozens of books of hers that I've read guessed the ending— And I think it was really because the ending of her book that I had read right before had a warning that applied to the book whose ending I guessed. But every other time I have tried and thought I got it right and thought I was being so clever and bam, completely surprised, completely caught off guard. Now that I've read her books, other mystery books are kind of ruined for me because I can spot the ending a mile off.
0: Are you talking about Agatha Christie? I think her books are fantastic. What imagination! What creativity! She's a kindred soul. I, too, think she's a great writer. However, we'll have to save her praises for another time since we have this letter to read, and I don't want to run out of airtime.
1: Sorry, Dr. Clark, you're right. Did you explain to Max why he's here?
0: She did, and I am prepared in all of my manliness to talk about and support female medical conditions. That's great, Max. You're a sterling example. All right, listeners. Delayed, but no less important. Today, we are talking about vulvodynia. Vulvowadia? Vulvodynia. Now, I fully admit that I had never heard of this condition in any of my classes. Although, I didn't study human anatomy and disorders too deeply. What is it? I imagine it has something to do with, um, lady parts?
1: You can say vagina, Max. Dr. Clark gave a content warning.
0: It does, and specifically the vulva, which is the outer part of the vaginal area. Here's the letter. Heather explains it better than I can. Dear Mercury team, thank you for taking the time to read this on the air. I think it's incredibly important for women and men to hear what I have to say. I'm a 23-year-old woman, and I have vulvodynia. Every time I tell someone that, I have to explain what it is, and I'm so frustrated that more people don't know about it. So I'm hoping that by broadcasting this on the only radio station still running, I can inform more people about this condition that affects so many women, many of whom don't even know it. I have pain during intercourse. I didn't always have pain, although it's never been comfortable. The pain began fairly early after I became sexually active, and I didn't think too much of it. I'm slender, and I thought I just had small hips, and that was why it hurt, and then it began to hurt more and more, and I thought it was normal. I thought that women just deal with the pain like we deal with other things like periods and childbirth. By the end of my first serious relationship, sex was so painful that sometimes I couldn't breathe, and yet I didn't stop it. I didn't even tell my boyfriend at the time because I thought it was normal. And that is why I want to share my story. I got together with my current partner and he could tell right away that he was hurting me. He stopped and I told him that I had a small pelvis. So yeah, it was painful for me. He told me it shouldn't be. Or at least that it had never happened with anyone else he'd been with. He encouraged me to speak with other women about it. And it wasn't until I spoke with my sister and my best friend that I even began to comprehend that it wasn't normal. I remember the shock and horror in my sister's eyes when I told her how painful it was for me. She told me it was never painful for her, and I was shocked in return. And thus began the journey to find out why sex was painful for me, and what a journey it has been. I saw so many doctors before the fall. And it took seven doctors before I got a diagnosis. Imagine that. Imagine seeing six medical professionals, including several gynecologists, and having most of them tell you, I don't know, there's nothing to see here that would indicate pain. I felt crazy. If I hadn't had the support of my family and boyfriend, I don't know if I could have kept going. I had tests and biopsies and exams, and nobody could find anything conclusive. I was told that I was just dry and needed more lubrication, as if I hadn't tried that in spades, that I had warts that needed to be removed with a laser. Thankfully, I insisted on a biopsy first, which saved me from what would have been an excruciating experience, I'm sure, that I just needed to have alcohol before sex, that I would never find an answer. Hearing things like that from a doctor that is supposed to be knowledgeable, willing to do research, and care for you, is brutal. I finally went through several doctors at the most prestigious hospital in the state, and one of the best in the country, and ended up finding a doctor who told me about vulvodynia. I had already done so much research online That I'd heard about vulvodynia, but everything I'd heard made it sound like a catch-all term for vaginal pain that nobody understood and couldn't be treated. My new doctor quickly corrected me, saying that it used to be used for that, but that women's reproductive health medical community had been trying to change it. What it really is, is a hyperactive nerve condition similar to fibromyalgia. It has to be diagnosed by process of elimination, since there's no test yet that shows it. So, after trying steroids to rule out infection as the cause of pain, I was diagnosed with bulbidinia. I'm sorry to interrupt, but
1: the letter looks long, and we're getting kind of close to using up our time for today.
0: Maybe we should
1: finish it tomorrow.
0: Shoot, I think you're right, Agnes. There's a lot of information here, and I don't want to rush this. Let's wrap it up for today and finish tomorrow. Is everyone available for tomorrow's broadcast? I'm free. I was going to work in the garden, but I'm more than happy to rearrange that for this. It seems important. I think it is, too. All right, folks, tune in tomorrow, same time, same place, for the rest of the letter. For Mercury, a broadcast of hope, this is Dr. Rosalind Clark. For Agnes Drew and Max O'Brien, take care of each other.